All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett, and we're going to be starting a brand new series this morning talking about overcoming by the blood of Jesus. In many ways, this is actually a continuation of our last series where we were talking about victory in Jesus. And we're going to be talking about overcoming by the blood of Jesus in this series. So before we get into it, just so you know, all our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also say thank you to those who have uh, supported us with their tithes and your offerings. In case you're wanting to have it, you can do so. Excuse me. You can simply go to our website, lighthousediscipleship.org, go to the give, give page, and you can give them anywhere around the world. Excuse me. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and just jump on right, right on into our new series this morning, talking about overcoming by the blood of Jesus. Yes. You know, the Lord put this on my heart. It's a very simple message. I don't know if I'm going to have more than two sessions on this, even though I can talk till the cows come home on this, because this is very central to what we believe uh, here in this church and, and as Christians. So it's not like there's not a lot to say. I'm just trying to say what God's put on my heart to say, uh, and there's, there's a lot of things God has done, done in, that, in that area. But uh, it would press on my heart very strongly to talk about overcoming by the blood of Jesus. Now, a key verse that we're going to be looking at in this uh, series is from Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not let their lives to death. And, uh, you know, this, this verse is always... Um, been in my remembrance through the years, but I want to I want to unpack this verse, especially these first two, these first two phrases because there's three in here. When they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of testimony, the third phrase is and they did not live their lives to death. Not that that's not important. It's the first two that's really been pressed on my heart uh, because if the first two are true, the last one's definitely true. Okay, and so I don't mean to minimize it by saying that. But overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. And so, before we get too deep into this, <coughs> excuse me, let's look at the context of this in Revelation chapter 12. Beginning in verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. <coughs> excuse me. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that servant of devil called the devil, and Satan called the devil and Satan, and who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Okay. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation of strength and kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ hath come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before. For our God, day and night, has been cast down. So the, the context we're talking about so far is the devil. Okay? The war in heaven between God's angels and the devil and his angels. And him, the devil being cast down. Okay? That's the context in verse 11. And they, talking about us, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and did not love their lives to death. It goes on to say in verse 12, 
Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. So the context that we're talking about, <coughs> excuse me, as we talk about our main verse here, and the overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the women of the testimony, is the war of heaven and the devil is, is here on the earth, and he is in here with great wrath because he knows his time is short. Excuse me. So, this is the main concept that God has pressed in my heart when I, I wanted to teach on this series, even though I could go on a lot of different rabbit trails where I talk about overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. Obviously, the context is talking about the last days. Obviously, the context is talking about the devil being coming down to earth with great wrath. Okay? Because there's, we should be rejoicing. Okay? But we also should be aware, or warned. Okay? We're, we're the inhabitants of the earth, and the devil has come with great, great wrath because he knows your time. Nothing about this is fear. Just because you are aware of something, just because you are cautious of something, just because you are careful about something, doesn't mean you have fear. Okay, there's a difference. And uh, uh, we'll, go, we'll, we'll deal with that in a little bit. But in these last days, see, when you read the New Testament, you're going to hear about Jesus, obviously. We're going to be able to hear about the new covenant. You're going to hear three, over 300 scriptures talk about who we are in Christ. Okay. And I can go on and on down this list of different things. But one thing that's also there that's intertwined throughout the scriptures is that Paul, Jesus, and many of the apostles who wrote letters to the church, not to the world, but to the church, gave warning. As this verse says from John, John's book, book of Revelation, that in the last days, as Paul said in Timothy, perilous times will come. Okay? This is not a message about fear. This is a message about overcoming. But we need to be mindful that in the last days, perilous times will come. Praise God for the last, last days. Why? Because Jesus is coming. At the same point in time, we are not in a picnic right now. We are still in a war. Okay? And perilous times will come. Okay? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm building the stage. Bear with me, okay? I'm not, going down, I'm not going down the path of fear. I'm going down the path of laying out the facts. Okay? <clears throat> um, Peter also said that we need to be sober. We need to be diligent. We need to be... We can't be in fear. We can't be intoxicated with fear. But we need to be sober. We need to be diligent. Because our adversary, who comes with great wrath, walks about like a roaring lion. He's not the roaring lion. He's the lion. He's the, he's the, 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 the lion of Judah. But he comes about shrouded like a roaring lion, seeking him whom he may devour. Okay? 
Jesus also said that, and because of lawlessness, and there's many scriptures that Jesus talked about this, but in Matthew 24, he's talking about the last days. Among many other things, the destruction of Jerusalem. But lawlessness, lawlessness will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. <coughs> Excuse me. So, one thing I'm just trying to paint a picture here off the, off, the, off the cuff. In the last days, we are promised perilous times of lawlessness. Lawlessness will increase. I don't like that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't stand up for justice in our society, in a certain level, in a certain way. But we should not be caught by surprise that the world is becoming more wicked and more lawless. We were promised it would be that way. Jesus said it would be that way. Okay? So it doesn't catch us by surprise. That doesn't mean we just let it happen. At the same point in time, we are not, our hearts are not going cold because lawlessness is going on. Because perilous times are going on. We, our hearts don't need to become cold, they need to become more bold. Okay? So our key verse is, and we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. When we know who we are, when we understand the blood of Jesus, we have a testimony. No matter what kind of lawlessness is going on, no matter what kind of perilous time they're coming, no matter how much the devil wants to devour us, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In these last days, and I believe we're in the last of the last days, I don't know how many months or years we have, that's not the scope of my message, and that will never be the scope of my message, okay? But we can know the times and seasons, Jesus said we can. You know, sometimes the weather report tells me it's cloudy or raining when there's not even a cloud in the sky. Sometimes the weather report tells me it's going to be sunny when it's raining. Okay? I can know the seasons because you just have a sense of what's going on. Okay? And that's probably a bad illustration. But we know that we've been in the last days... Since Jesus rose again and ascended on high. We've been in the last days since then. Okay? And we are definitely in the last days. We all see a lot of things going on in the world that paint the picture that we're in the last days. The last of the last days. Okay? But this is not time, even though there's going to be a lot of lawlessness, we don't need to be living in fear. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Not loving our lives even to the death. We overcome. Okay? See, it says in 1 John, by four, whatever is born of God, and that's you and me, we overcome the world. We're not overcome by the world. We're not overcome by lawlessness. No, we who are born of God, we overcome the world. And this is the victory. 
that has overcome the world, our faith. What's our faith in? The blood of Jesus. See, our testimony, our faith, is based on the blood of Jesus. And that's how we overcome the world. That's the victory that overcomes the world, is our faith. See, we have never been destined to be wimps. Greg Fritz, uh, I saw a Facebook post from him a few, few, few months ago. And, uh, he talks about how this football player gets the ball, and he runs, and he gets tackled. And then he goes back to the huddle. He says, I don't think I want to play football anymore. I just want this ball. I just wanted to do what I was destined to do, take the ball and run to the end zone. But these people are mean, they're tackled me, they hurt me. I just want to go home. I want to go for a picnic. And that's a whip. You're in this game, and there's going to be some tackling. There's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. There's going to be some opposition. Okay. <coughs> now, I know I'm being facetious talking about sport, but no football game would be fun if there wasn't some opposition. Part of the fun part of the, the football game, yes, of course, is scoring the touchdown on the field goal or some other points that you can get. But it's the opposition is what makes it a fun game. Even in baseball and other sports, you don't want a wipeout. You want a close game. <coughs> you want some opposition. Okay? Now that's a game. When it comes to life, it can be a different little story. But we are in a war. We are in the fight of faith. And the, the thing that overcomes the world is our faith. And we are in the fight of faith. We're in a war. Satan wants to shipwreck your faith. Especially as lawlessness and perilous times increase. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the victory overcomes the world is our faith. See, we're not destined to be rich. We are destined to fight the fight of faith. We are destined to overcome in the end times. Excuse me. We are destined to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're overcomers. Okay? And we have the victory in us. We just spent four weeks talking about the victory that we have in Jesus. And in Jesus, the hope of glory is inside of us. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome, we overcome by our faith in the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony is that faith being spoken. See, we must prepare not to be a wimp. We need to prepare to overcome. We have a testimony. And we need to prepare. We need to strengthen this faith in the blood. <coughs> Our faith 
and the blood of Jesus needs to be so strong that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Because the victory that overcomes the world, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Not our faith in us. Not our faith in politics. But our faith in Jesus. Our Redeemer. Our Victor. See, we need to prepare to fight and overcome. Not run like a wimp when opposition comes. Not run when disappointments come. Not run when lies and deception comes. Not run when pain and challenges come. Not run when we get oppositions from all sides. See, what I just painted a picture of, it's alright. While we're still on this earth, that the devil has been cast down to with all great wrath. There's a battle going on. There's a battle going on. There's a war. But we overcome by the blood of the land and the word of my testimony. That's how we win the battle. That's how we overcome. See, the last several weeks, last four weeks or so, we talked about how we were born into victory. We already have the victory. We, we were raised up together and made to sit with, together with him in heavenly places. We already have the victor's crown. Okay. So we're already born into victory. We have the victory. We're not trying to get the victory. But because we have the victory, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. There's power of his might. We need to be strong in the Lord. We need to be strong in him. His might, not our might. Okay. We need to put on the whole armor of God that we talked about last week, that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. Because his only weapon is wiles and deception. Okay? But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. <coughs> I'm not wrestling against you. You're not wrestling against me. That's not the war I'm talking about against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What we talk about, what we just read about in Revelation chapter 12. Okay? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Not just some of it, but all of it. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand, having burdened your waist with truth. The truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We need to gird our waist with the truth. We need to so learn the truth, the truth that's in Jesus. That you put off the old man, the spirit of your mind, you put on the new man who's created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. Truth. What's truth? Jesus is truth. His word is truth. He's the spirit of truth. And we need to gird our loins. Our loins speak of, and that's the King James Version. 
we need to grill out more oils. <coughs> Lions speak of our future, our seed, our destiny. We need to be so girded with that truth. We need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because my righteousness is from Him. I'm the righteousness of God in Him. That's my breastplate. That guards my heart. That guards me. Okay? And it's a breastplate. And we need to protect that. You know, when a cop puts on a bulletproof vest, why are they protecting? It's a breastplate, protecting their heart, their internal organs. <coughs> Excuse me. We need to protect that with all costs. We need to go on, put a shot in our feet with the Preparation of the gospel of peace. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who declares to Zion, his church, his bride, your God. We need to shot our feet with the gospel. We have something to say. We have something to proclaim. We have a testimony to shout and proclaim to Zion. We need to, above all, take up the shield of faith. We overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. It's our, it's our shield. But it's also how we overcome. Which we can be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. The devil will come after you with fiery darts to try to shipwreck your faith. As lawlessness increases, as perilous times increases, as the hearts of man grow cold, we need to have the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Where does faith come from? The Word of God. We need to be so grounded in the Word of God. Okay. And take, take up the helmet of salvation. We need to protect our mind, our brain. With his salvation. He is my wholeness. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my deliverer. In him I will trust. It's a helmet. In baseball, if you're a batter, you have a helmet on. In football, you have a helmet on. A race car driver, you have a helmet on. Many sports, you have a helmet on to protect this. And that the helmet that we wear is our salvation. Okay? And with the swords of the Spirit, we have a lot of defensive weapons, but we have also an offensive weapon. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we can walk in divine health, and we can walk in divine prosperity and provision. We can walk in victory. In the divine nature of God. He says, and pray always. With all kinds of prayers in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance, supplication, all saints, with all saints. Or for all, all saints. And pray for me. Pray for Pastor Dave. Pray for other pastors. 
We can't really pay for Paul right now. He's dead. Okay? He's alive in the presence of God, but physically he's dead. Okay? And the utterance may be given to me that we, I, or we, may open our mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. What's the mystery of the gospel? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Pray that we have boldness to preach this message, the gospel of Christ to the world, to the nations. Okay? And so, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We already have the victory. We're born in the victory. Put on the whole armor of God that you may both stand against the devil. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a place. We're standing from a place of victory by overcoming the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, when we read this, what I want to do now, though, is I want to keep looking at both of these, but I want to just drill in right now on the top part just for a second. I'll come back to the second part in a minute. But when I think of overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the who? Lamb. When was the first Passover? When they they celebrated the blood of the Lamb. That was in Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, we have the Exodus from Egypt to the Promised Land. And the last plague was the death of the firstborn. Why the death of the firstborn? Well, I can go into a lot of detail with this, but Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. He died so that we may live. But Jesus said, <coughs> excuse me, God gave Moses very direct orders of how to prepare themselves to what they call the Passover. And part of that was to put the the blood on the lintels, the doorposts of the house. And he said in verse 13, Now the blood shall be a sign unto you, and on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, not when I see your face, not when I see this or that, not when I see all your religious deeds, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's why it's called the Passover. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. When I see the blood, what blood? What blood? Well, it says in Corinthians, when I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take heed, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often drink in remembrance of me. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And in the Passover, they overcame. And he said, I'll see the blood. The death angel will pass over. We have a covenant with God. Based on his body being broken for us. Because he said, this is the new covenant. In my blood. 
I did a message on this earlier this year on the new covenant in his blood. Okay. <coughs> and for five or six weeks, I think it was, we talked heavily about the blood and how we have a covenant relationship because of the blood of Jesus. And because of the blood, sickness has to pass over. Lack has to pass over. All kinds of different things that are part of the curse have to pass over. Why? Because the blood, there's already been a death in the house. We have a covenant relationship with God. And when we believe that, we, have, we can testify that there's already been a death in the house. And we can plead the blood in that sense. Jesus is my testator. He's my cup blood covenant. And everything that is of death, everything that is of the devil must pass over. Overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. He says, when I see the blood. And Matthew, Jesus said the same words. When he was going to the cross, Jesus said, this is my blood. At the very last Passover, we read the first Passover in Exodus. The very last Passover, that's why it's called the Last Supper. It's not the Last Supper because it was the Last Supper Jesus had before he died. It's the Last Supper because it's the Last Passover. Jesus is the Passover Lamb. He said, this is the blood of my cup, of the new covenant, which is shed for many of the remission of sins. Jesus is our blood covenant. He is a testator. And so the covenant is in full force. <coughs> Excuse me. Peter says it this way, knowing that you were not redeemed with the corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct, receiving by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. And we've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Praise God. It says in Ephesians, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It says in Colossians, in whom we have redemption <coughs> through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Okay. In Hebrews again, it says, I have set forth, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and grace. That kind of need. We can come boldly. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because we have redemption through the blood. There's so much more I can expound on this. But folks, we need to take seriously the blood of Jesus. Because that's how we overcome. We're all supposed to, we just, we gloss over this. We don't understand who we have and what we have in Jesus. We have such a powerful, powerful inheritance and redemption and sonship because of the blood of Jesus. He goes on to say in Hebrews, 
Chapter 9, then indeed the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and earthly sanctuary for the tabernacle was prepared in the first part, which was the lampstand and the table and the showbread. We went in detail, a lot of detail several uh, months ago, beginning of the year, when I talked about this, which is called the sanctuary, the tabernacle. You have the outer court where you have the brazen altar and the brazen labor. And then you have the first sanctuary where you have the lampstand, the table, the showbread. Okay. It was separated by a veil to the mercy seat in the inner covenant. And he goes on to say, verse 3, behind the second veil. <coughs> Why the second veil? Because there was a veil to go into this part. And there was a second veil to go into that part. And the time was called the Holy Small, or the Holy of Holies. Which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant. Overlaid with all sides with gold. Which were the golden pot that had manna. <coughs> And Aaron's rod abutted in the tablets of the covenant, and above it was a cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat of these things we, we can now can now cannot now speak in detail. Okay, so I don't need to go into all the detail of this stuff if he can. Okay. But so in the in the Holy of Holies we have the Ark of the Covenant, and on top of it we have the mercy seat. And that is where the blood was sprinkled on every year. Okay? And he echoed the same words that he said in Exodus. When I see the blood, the death angel will pass over. Okay? Let's pick up verse 6. And now when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing services. They did this every day. They did this constantly. But into the second part of the, the high priest alone once a year, not without blood. They couldn't go without blood, otherwise they were going to die. Which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicated that this was the way to the holiest of all. It was yet not made manifest, which the first chapter was not still standing. The only way to get into God's presence, the only way to get to the mercy seat was by the blood. Okay. And it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices offered without, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience concerning farming. <coughs> Excuse me, with booze and drinks, various washings and flesh, fleshy ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation. There's a lot here, I don't have time to go into detail. But. All of this stuff that we're required to do in the Old Testament. And the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy go into a lot of detail explaining what those rituals were. But even though all the things that they did, it could not make him or the people truly holy and truly righteous. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect captain not made with hands. That is not with this creation, not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood. He entered into the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. See, one thing that the book of Hebrews brings out is that the earthly tabernacle was just a type of the heavenly tabernacle. It was just a type of shadow. 
of the real tabernacle of God. Excuse me. Of the real mercy seat of God. That can only go into the true holy of holies. The presence of God. By his own blood. Okay. Where there is a testament. There must also be a necessity of the death of the testator. What's the covenant? What's the testament? A covenant. And the only way, and if there's a testament, there must be a death of the testator. For a testament, a covenant, is not enforced after men are up. It's enforced after men are dead. <coughs> Since it has no power at all when the testator lives. Jesus did not just create us in true righteousness and holiness. Jesus is our testator. The testator means he died to put the covenant, the testament, into full effect. Until the new covenant is in full effect because of the death and of the blood of Jesus. Okay? Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. The old one, the tabernacle, the old, old one, the type and shadow of the truth, was not dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the cow and goes put water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and the people. Even the law that we call the Bible, Scripture, was sprinkled by the blood. Okay? Saying this, that the blood, this is the blood of the covenant. Which God has commanded. What's the blood? It wasn't the law. The blood was the blood. The covenant was the blood. And that was Old Testament. How much more? That's what the writer of Hebrews talked about. How much more do we have it true here in the New Testament? In the new covenant of God. Saying this is the covenant of my blood. For she has enjoined it to you. See, he didn't just kill you. Just commanded, he enjoined it to us. Okay. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, but according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Our sins are remitted because of the blood of Jesus. Well then whom? Well then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshippers once purified would have no more conscious sins. We don't need any, we don't have any more conscious sins. Why? Because the blood of Jesus washed it away. Our sins were red as scarlet. But now they're as white as snow. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And not only did he, see, we don't need to keep offering sacrifices. Why? Because our consciences have been purified by the blood of Jesus. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. It was not possible that the blood of a bull and a goat could take away sins. But by that, they, they would have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. See, no covenant 
they had to continue to sacrifice us. Because without the blood, with the blood, there could be no remission of sins. So they had to do it constantly. It's not possible that the blood of an animal could take away sins. But 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 and, but the blood of Jesus has forever sanctified us, and He has sanctified us once and for all. And He adds, "Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more." Now, where there is no remission of these. There is no longer an offering for sin. We don't need another offering for sin. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. But I said, therefore, brother, having boldness, because that's true, we have boldness to enter the Holy of Holies. By what? The blood of Jesus. By a new and living way. Which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having high priests over the house of God, let us draw near with a true, full, a, a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised he is faithful. So, all this to say, and I can go in a lot more detail, and I spent five, six weeks going in a lot more detail. At the beginning of the year, you can go to our archives and get this message talking about the covenant and his blood. But the new covenant and his blood is our covenant. It's our covenant. And because that covenant is true, that covenant is powerful, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. I don't know if I did justice, and we'll come back hopefully next week and go a little deeper with some of this stuff. Okay. Today's lesson is really just an introduction to everything I want to get into. And I don't know how deep I'm going to go with some of this just for lack of time. Because there's some other things I've always put in my heart to teach. But it's a very simple message I'm just trying to get across that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I encourage you to read Hebrews 7, 8, 9, and 10, the whole book for that matter. So you can understand the importance and significance of overcoming by the blood. We have a New Testament. We have a new covenant by the blood of Jesus. It's how we overcome. It's how we will overcome in these last days. Okay? Hope you guys are making sense. So he says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. What blood? The blood that's been sprinkled on the true mercy seat of God. And God is focused on the blood. And you and I need to over focus on the blood of Jesus. Okay? See, the devil knows the significance of the blood of Jesus. He knows it. What he doesn't know is that you know. The way the devil can deceive you is that you don't know what God and the devil knows about the blood of Jesus. If you are not established in the blood of Jesus, the devil will eat your lunch and pop your bag. You need to, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And you need to be established in the blood of Jesus. That is your covenant. That is your covenant. That's what the whole New Testament is all about. There is no New Testament. 
without the blood of Jesus. We're still, if there's not, if the blood of Jesus was not significant, we're still in the Old Testament. The only thing that made a difference was the blood. We have a new priesthood. We have a new covenant. We have better promises. Okay? And we have a new covenant with God based on the blood of Jesus. Our conscience has been cleansed from a guilty conscience. But just like I talked about the blood, I want to talk real quickly about the testimony, word of our testimony. Okay? And so, I will come back to talk about both in just a minute as well. But we have a testimony. Because the, 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 the first is true, this is true too. <coughs> We have something to say. We have a testimony because the blood of Jesus is true. Okay? And so, see, first of all, how did we even become born again? First, let's pick it up and understand. For the righteousness of faith speaks. Do you know the righteousness speaks? The righteousness of faith, how do we overcome? By our faith. And the righteousness of faith, it speaks something. It has a testimony. It says something. In this way, what does it say? Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ from the dead. But what does it say? <coughs> Excuse me. The righteousness of faith speaks. What does it say? It says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We should be preaching the word of faith. Okay? But all of this right here was parentheses. So what does it say? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do we become born again? What does the righteous faith speak? It speaks that if we will believe in our heart, and we will confess with our mouth, we will be saved. It's not just confession. We need to believe. We confess what we believe. If we were going to have a court session and we have someone on the witness stand, the person on the witness stand is going to give a testimony. Now that testimony that the person gives, it's not just some made-up story. It's they're testifying to what they witnessed. They're under perjury. If they give a false testimony, they're guilty of perjury. Understand that? And that's our civil courts. But we we have a testimony. <coughs> let me go. Let me skip ahead a little bit. We have a testimony. What does that testimony say? That Christ rose from the dead. That he was purged for our sins. That we are redeemed. 
We believe what he did on the cross in our heart. We believe it. And then we confess it with our mouth. Out of the bottom of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's where the righteousness of faith speaks. It's faith in the cross. It's faith in the resurrection. It's faith in the blood. And we believe it. And we speak what we believe. Call it confession. Other words, in other words, known as a testimony. The word of our testimony. Okay? It says in Proverbs, I'm just going to spend more time with this hopefully next week. But my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all your flesh. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word by testimony. But in that, we also need to pay attention to what he says. There's over 300 scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ. You need to incline your words to those. You need to know those. What are life to those who find them and help to your flesh. And that's just one example. We need to incline our ears to the whole armor of God. We need to incline our ears to what he says in Hebrews chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. We need to incline our ears to the Word of God. His name is Jesus. And we need to get His life. In these last days, it can be dark times. Dark times are coming. They might hit different people differently. Different nations differently. <coughs> but we need to know that we overcome by the blood of our Lamb and the word of our testimony. I want to continue on this topic of the word of our testimony. I'm not quite done with that. But it said, you know, it said the righteousness of faith speaks. What does it speak? That we believe in the heart, confess for the mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he was raised from the dead. But remember, we overcome by the word by our faith. And this faith, the righteous faith that speaks, it says something. But it's how we overcome. We have something to say. And Paul in Corinthians says this, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, and what, what's written? I believe, and therefore I spoke. That's what we just read about in Romans. There, but this is a quote from Psalms. We also believe, and therefore we speak. We believe that Jesus is raised from the dead. We believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe in the blood of Jesus. Therefore, we speak. We have something to say. Because of communication, actually, I'm ahead of myself. We shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be witnesses of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. In these last days, till Jesus comes again, we are witnesses to testify of Jesus. We have faith 
and the communication of that faith becomes effectual when we acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. We believe it's there. And so far we acknowledge it. That's what we're communicating. We're speaking something. We're speaking something. We're speaking a thing. And what we're speaking <coughs> excuse me, becomes effectual because we acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. Because this is true, because the righteous faith speaks, Jesus answered said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whatever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, saying, when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. The righteous of faith speaks. Again, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, because the blood of the Lamb is true. And we believe what that represents. Everything that we testify, we say, we speak to that mountain. We communicate our faith and become effective because we're acknowledging every good thing that's in us because of Christ. Because we're in Christ Jesus. I mean, I hope I'm, I'm, make, I'm, I'm saying this strong enough. And I, I feel like I need to spend a little bit more time with this as well. But we have something to say. We have some mountains to move. We have some people to get healed. We have some, some, some mulberry bushes that need to be transplanted. There's some things that need to be happen. And we speak boldly. We testify that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not sickness, not death, not lack, not anything else. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb in these perilous times. I believe in these last days, there's going to be a lot of lawlessness. But those who get this, we're going to see a lot of miracles. You think the miracles of the Red Sea were powerful? You think the Red Seas of, of the whole, of everything God did in the Old Testament was powerful? You haven't seen anything yet. Because those who believe this are going to testify to the devil and to the earth because we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus to be king and priest and reign on the earth and we can command some things. And do miracles and exploits in his name. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I just want to make some closing notes as I'm wrapping this up for the day. Not quite done. So don't 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 get scared with that. But in other words, let me just rephrase that that I want to go off on something and then come back. Okay. See, a lot of times people think that the Holy Spirit is coming out to convict us. And that's yes and no, depending on who you, the us you're talking about. 
Okay. Jesus said it this way in John 16. And this is just before he goes to the cross. He said that when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world, not the believer, but the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of, of sin because the world does not believe in Jesus. Of righteousness, that's us. Because he goes to the Father. And you see him no more. You don't see him physically. You can see him through the eyes of faith. But you can't see him physically. Of judgment. Because the ruler, the devil, that we've been talking about all morning, is judge. Okay? The depths... The Holy Spirit is not coming to convict us, the believer. He's convicting the world, yes, of sin. Because they don't believe in Jesus. But he's convicting us of righteousness. We need to be reminded of righteousness. We need to put on that belt of truth. Of putting on Jesus, who is created according, according to God, the true righteousness and holiness. We need to have that breastplate of righteousness. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, because my your righteousness is of me, declares the Lord. I can go on and on and on about righteousness, and actually righteousness, being established in righteousness, is the next message I'm going to be teaching on until we get to Christmas. After I'm done with this one. Okay, we'll be spending our time on righteousness. But we need to be reminded of our righteousness. Okay. Because this is true. See, we need to be reminded that the war over sin is over. Now, what I mean by that? Because when you understand the cross and you understand what Jesus accomplished, he who knew no sin already became sin, that we become the righteous God in him. But those who have not received Jesus are still wrestling with sin. Why? They haven't received. See, they're still wrestling with the problem because they haven't received the answer. They haven't received the solution. They haven't received the Redeemer. They haven't received His grace to overcome sin. We overcome sin by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. And I'm going to expand on that in the, in the next week or so. Okay? But, and we'll talk about this closer too when we get to Christmas, but the war between God and sin is over because Jesus already conquered it. He already became sin. He crucified it. Okay? That's why he said in Luke, Glory be to God in the highest and, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Why peace? Because Jesus came to conquer sin. Now, is there still sin in the world? Yes. Jesus hasn't come back yet. Satan knows his time is short. But those of us who have belief on Jesus, we've all received his righteousness. Can we 
can we renounce that? Can we can we um, reject the salvation we have? Yes, and that's a whole other message I'm not going to get into right now. You can't lose it like you lost your keys. You can't lose it because you just misplaced it somewhere. You can't lose it because somebody stole it. Okay. But you can get to the point where, and many people are, where Christ becomes no offense to you because you're trying to be justified by your performance, by your works, instead of receiving His grace by faith. You can't earn salvation. You can't earn healing. You can't earn prosperity. You receive salvation by faith in His grace. Jesus conquered sin. And if you want to be free from the lifestyle of sin, which is called bondage, then you need to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. I've had addictions in my life. That I'm embarrassed to talk about. But I overcame those addictions when I understood his righteousness. And it didn't give me a license to sin. It set me free from sin. Every once in a while, sin would try to peek his head and tempt me again. But now I have the antidote. The same thing that set me free one time was able to keep me free when temptation raised his head. Before, I didn't know how to overcome sin because I was doing it in my own strength instead of doing it in my, with my born-again nature. And I'll be expanding on that in greater detail when I talk about righteousness. See, one thing I'm trying to, 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 to piggyback on right now is that God has given us peace. Our feet are shotted with the gospel of peace, the good news. How beautiful upon the mountains of the feet of him who brings good news and proclaims peace. The war between God and man is over. Okay. The devil's still gonna try to kill you. This devil's still trying to 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 to, to make your life a living hell. Okay, because it's time to short. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Jesus said, I give you my peace. We don't just have any old stink of peace. We have his peace. Not a world peace. But I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, not your night of being afraid. <coughs> it says in Isaiah that you will keep in her perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed upon him. Because he trusts in you. See, the victory to overcome the world is our faith. We trust in him. Excuse me. And we can have perfect peace. 24 7, 365 days out of the year, even an extra day of mid year, we can do it because our mind is staying on him. We have the helmet of salvation. And our minds stayed on him. 
Where do we get in trouble? When this guy is not focused on him. We focus on self. We focus on others. We focus on politics. We focus on all the lawlessness that's in the world. We get out of peace. And when we get out of peace, the devil can have a hate name with us. Second Peter says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As the divine power has already given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, everything you need to live godly is already in you through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. How do we get more grace and peace? No, we hear more. How do we get everything that we need for life and to live God-like to know Him more? How do you even live godly? Know Jesus, know God. Be in relationship with Him. Everything you need to live a godly life, to live a good life, to live life. And how? what's life like? Well, I started off by saying... Life, yes, life is good, but life can also have opposition, disappointment, lies and deception, pain and challenges. And I'm not trying to paint a dark story, but those issues of life. The book of Proverbs says, <coughs> guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. We need to guard our heart. How do we guard our heart? Know him. In the knowledge of Him. Your number one ambition is to know Jesus and be in relationship with Him. If you will keep your mind stayed upon Him, if you will keep the armor of God on, if you will keep in relationship with Him, you're going to be okay. The focus needs to be on Him, not the storm, not life. Not the world, not the devil, not even yourself. Keep your mind stayed upon him. And he goes on to say, by which is given to us a seeming great precious promise that through these we may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. How do we escape corruption that's in the world? We through the promises of God. That through these, you may be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption. But through these promises that we escape. That we overcome the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. We touched on already, and I mentioned a couple of times already, that our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. They're shod. We're standing. And we're standing on this on the mountains, the feet of him who brings this good news, who proclaims. We have something to say. Remember, we said already established that the righteous of faith speaks. We have a testimony. And we have a testimony that proclaims peace. 
got sickness, proclaim peace. Got lack, proclaim peace. Your emotions, your emotions are a wreck, proclaim peace. There's strife in the marriage, or strife at work, or strife in home, or strife in your world, proclaim peace. You, our feet are shod with the gospel of peace, to proclaim peace. To bring glad tidings of good things, to proclaim salvation, to proclaim wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance. <coughs> That's what the word salvation means in both the Hebrew and the Greek. Wholeness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, forgiveness, and many things. And who says who I am? Who's Zion? The Church of God, the Bride of Christ. I'll bring this out next week or the week after. Your God reigns. Sickness doesn't reign. God reigns. Strife doesn't reign. God reigns. Sin doesn't reign. God reigns. Lack doesn't reign. God reigns. Okay, the devil might be the god of this age, but he doesn't reign. He is a defeated foe. You're still on a leash. You still have some territory. He hasn't been destroyed yet. But he doesn't have any authority. He can only use deception and fear. Okay? He's also the accuser of the brother. He will accuse you. He's out to kill you. He's out to accuse you. Okay? But no weapon forward against you. Uh, I, I, we'll get there in just a second. I think I have that in here. Uh, I thought I had that in there. This is not where I want to go. But no weapon forward against you shall prosper. Because you're righteous from him. Okay? He's out to accuse you. Just, just like, uh, uh, let me just read this from Isaiah 54. Well, this is like the waters of no to me. When I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have sworn that I would no longer be angry with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. God will not remove his covenant of peace from you. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Okay? It also says in Romans 4, 8, Blessed is the man who, from the Lord, shall not impute sin. God is not imputing sin anymore. Why is God not imputing sin? Because he imputed it all in Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin, that you might become the righteousness of God in him. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that, the Lord, that, 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 that is that God was in Christ and the time the work of him, not imputing the trespasses to them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I'll expand on this a lot more when we talk about righteousness in a few weeks. Okay? But I'm just trying to paint a picture here. Let me go back just for a moment. We are overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Why? Because we have a covenant of peace that is no longer putting sin on us. Why? Because. <coughs> That's what the blood of Jesus means. God imputed your sin on Jesus and shed his blood for you so you don't have to die. Jesus didn't die for you, and now you're going to have to die for yourself again. That's double jeopardy. 
God doesn't do that. God's just. Okay? Now, if you reject what Jesus did for you, Jesus died for you, and you reject it, now you're on your own. It's not double jeopardy then. There was never any jeopardy to begin with. You are still in your trespasses and sins. You rejected the Antichrist. You rejected his forgiveness and sanctification. But because this is true, we have a testimony. And in our testimony is that God, we have a covenant of peace who have God who does not impute sin to us anymore. Okay? Why? Because when he sees the blood, he will pass over. Because we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Now, I felt like I didn't go to deep as I like to today. This is really just an introduction to where I want to go. I go a lot deeper. I'm going to stand on a lot of different things I share today in the, in the next couple weeks. Okay. But we're talking about overcoming by the blood of Jesus. Again, I didn't go as deep. And uh, a lot more that I wish I had time to expand on. I could have taken the time, but I'll take the time over the next few weeks. Hopefully I'm making sense. I'm just trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit here of how deep he wants me to go. Because for me, I understand all this. But for some of you, we might need to go a little deeper and explain some things. Why is that true? I don't want to go so fast in some ways so slow that I don't give it justice of explaining why this is true. But we need to understand why. Because how are we going to testify to something that we don't understand it? To a certain to a certain degree. I'm not saying that we understand everything about it. But we have a testimony of overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're talking again about the blood of Jesus. And we need to be so focused on this in these last days. Because that's really the main message the Lord has put in my heart, that in these last days we need to cleave to the blood of Jesus. And the more we cleave to God, the stronger our testimony. The devil doesn't have any foothold in our life because of the blood of Jesus. Now, I'm, God knows that, and the devil knows that. But in context of Revelation chapter 12, we overcome by the word of our testimony. We need to know that. The devil will accuse you, deceive you, and cause havoc in your life if you don't, are not convinced of overcoming by the blood of Jesus. This is not for God to know. This is not for even the devil to know. It's for you to know. The devil already knows this. But he will deceive you if you don't know it in these last days. Because no matter what you may face, no matter how lawless the world may get, no matter how wicked it will get, no matter how tempting sin will be, the way you overcome all of that is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You're not going to overcome sin 
in temptation if you don't not, not grounded in this. You're not going to overcome the devil if you're not grounded in this. You're not going to overcome the lawlessness and the wickedness in these last days if you're not grounded in this. But how do you overcome, even if you're persecuted and martyred and different things, is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. How do you overcome the devil in these last days who's angry because his time is short? <coughs> is the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Good? All right, well, you guys have a great week. We'll talk more detail on this subject in the weeks to come. Amen and amen.